Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, only on the home of Notre Dame football. Sports Radio 960 WSBT and WSBTRadio.com. Brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Pet Refuge, Centier Bank, Tim Growl's State Farm Insurance, Michelob Ultra, OSMC, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, and Hotel Elkhart. And it will be a Saturday night. It's basically a Saturday night every two years as a tradition when you're fighting Irish head across country to play the Trojans of USC. It's been a night game for as long as I can remember in what most people consider the best intersectional rivalry game in the country. The Irish need to be at their best and continue the great play in all three categories that they've seen the last five games. USC features a potent attack, passing attack led by their Heisman Trophy quarterback, Caleb Williams. It should be a great game. With us to talk Notre Dame football and USC memories are former Notre Dame players from around the country. Robbie Toma in Hawaii, John Carney in California, Ronaldo Wynn in Las Vegas, and Armando Allen and James Aldridge from the Midwest and East Coast. I'm Tim Grawl with the Froggy Voice, along with my co-host Jim Arizari. You all right there, bud? I don't know. We'll you see. Gonna make it? We'll see what happens. You might be carrying a lot more of the show than I am. I apologize, folks, but one of those, one of those colds. I apologize too. Uh, <laughs> so tonight, mm-hmm. big game. It always, as usual, this when when USC rounds mm. out the schedule, when they're the last game on the schedule, it always seems like a bigger deal. And, I agree. Hey, what do you know? We've got two teams in the top twenty-five again, mm-hmm. which uh, kind of a throwback a little bit. Hasn't has been that hap- way for no, quite not. some time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean this this is a really good game that we've got going. We've got uh, you know the defense is playing well, uh, running attack, of course, just unreal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you mentioned Caleb Williams. I, th- I think the defense could get after him tonight. I do, too. I think we can get some pressure on their line, yeah. and our they, secondary has been performing very well. They haven't faced a, a, a top 50 defense right? in how long? I don't think at all this year, actually. So uh, the, the way Notre Dame's been playing, I mean, they've been steadily moving up the, you know, up the ranking right. as far as defense goes. So, uh, you know. They just try to outscore everybody, basically, because their defense is kind of horrible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is none. I mean, they they let forty five to you know UCLA last week. Mm -hmm. The game they lost to uh, to Utah, they allowed forty three. So, I mean, Notre Dame can go and get some points today. Well, I'm all for that. Yeah. You know, I think we if we can keep them in the 20s, I think we can score a little around 30 or more. So to oh, me, man, gotta, we we're going to not be able to stop them completely. If oh. we keep them in the 20s, yeah. I don't think they'll know what to do. Yeah. So well, that's what we'd like to have. Yeah, right. We'd like to have. One one thing I will say is I'm sick and tired, Matt, of this horse going around, you know, when they score touchdowns, right? All the time. Oh, the right. Big horse. This is the only horse that I respect. Hello. I'm Mr. Red. 
That's it. That's the only horse. And because my voice is hoarse, we're talking about a horse. Not not even Secretariat gets that level of respect. Hey, enough of this stuff. Robbie Thomas has been burning up the wire from Hawaii, and he's he doesn't want to hear any more of this going back and forth or sure. whatever. Absolutely. But Robbie Thomas, he probably not. You even remember Mr. Ed, Robbie? You know what? I don't remember very much nowadays. <laughs> well, get my age and you'll remember even less. So, <laughs> Hey, how are you doing out there in Hawaii? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Um, been, uh, been working in insurance and I uh, got two beautiful kids and just enjoying life. How old are your kids? Uh, three and one. So I got a three-year-old girl and a little rascal boy that's uh, about a year and a half. <laughs> so... Any projections already about any either of them, some kind of sports? Well, we did name uh, my son Jet, and he, he's <laughs> starting to be pretty fast. So uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can see him in the blue and gold one day. Well, you were a fast one in the blue and gold in your days. And let's start. We'll go back and talk about how you came to Notre Dame. Tell us some USC memories that, that you have. You played in – did you play in four different USC Notre Dame games? <laughs> I did. Um, my freshman year was my – I think I was redshirted at the time. We, we ended up pulling it, I think, after Taylor Mays, I think, injured like four or five of our receivers. So uh, it was, that was kind of my first taste of USC football against Notre Dame. And then uh, my sophomore year, I started against USC in the Coliseum, and we, en- we ended up winning. And uh, that was pretty cool. I think I started the game with – uh, you know, a handful of the first couple catches. And um, it was just kind of surreal for me to be, a, you know, a sophomore weighing about a buck 60 and uh, <laughs> going against one of the most, you know, one of the, one of the most, I would say, storied programs in, from a Hawaii base. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves USC. So um, to be able to be in the Coliseum as a sophomore and start that game and actually win, um, that was pretty damn cool. So USC and Trojans, how did, how did your uh, coaches here in, in South Bend a- approach this week? Were they have to remind everybody about the rivalry, or was that just a, a given? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think um, I, I know as cliche as it sounds, I mean, you try to treat every week as if it's you know uh, just one game at a time. But there's there's a special feeling in, in the. Um, I would say in the locker room and, and even in the practice field. I think Charlie Weiss, if I remember correctly. Played the um, dance practice, yeah, to kind of get us fired up. But Mike Floyd ended up just doing like the Trojan sign and joking around. So um, you know, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you understand the rivalry, but it's not until you get on the field that you, you kind of feel the magnitude of it. The Coliseum, pretty awesome place to run out of the tunnel in. Well, when you're two and zero, it is. <laughs> <laughs> He asked me about the big house. I got I got a few choice words for that place. Well, all right. Well, all right. <laughs> I've never laughed there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there as we ju- as we jump around, and we're with uh, former Notre Dame wide receiver uh, Robbie Toma on the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show. Um, so you talked about everybody in Hawaii, you know, loving USC. What kept you from going to USC and ended up at Notre Dame? I was actually committed to UCLA. Um, I, USC, obviously. Um, had their sights on Manti, but I was, I was ready to go to UCLA. Actually. I um, spent some time out, out there in California. I think new high, it was new high and uh, mm-hmm. 
Norm Chow at the time, but it's kind of hard to, uh, kind of hard to pass up living that in California life, you know? So, and that was a high powered um, offense they ran but, in that days. Yeah. So, you know, it was, um, I mean, shoot, it's not even like it's that far away, but you know, I think it was about 12 years ago when, when we were doing all our recruitment, but you know, I thought, I thought USC and UCLA were kind of the most, um, story programs when I was growing up in Hawaii, but, um, it's kind of one of those things where you, you kind of want to, you kind of want to battle them instead of join them. So who, who came out to Hawaii to talk to you as a coach from Notre Dame? Brian Polian was out here almost every week. Uh, <laughs> a poor guy. That's a nice excuse. Let me yeah, go to right. <laughs> Robbie Tom was on the border coach. I got to go back and talk <laughs> gotta, to him. Got to head back out to the, uh, to the <laughs> islands coach. Let's write this yeah, one off yeah, too. There was, a, there was a time where that, I, I swear to God, that poor guy, he, he called me and said, he's coming into town and, he was tired. I said, you know what? I'll come pick you up from the airport. I'll take you back to Laie, which is about an hour away. And then I'll take you back to town. <laughs> I'm sure he definitely appreciated that. So what were his selling points for Notre Dame? Or did you need a lot of selling points from Notre Dame? You know, I, I, if I, I mean, again, it was not that it was so long ago, but just, just the, they, I remember he had some pamphlet that he brought in and, you know, just seeing the pictures, you could see how unique that place was just in the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously everybody's seen the movie Rudy, but that pamphlet kind of stuck, you know, stuck out to me. Nowadays, everybody's got all these social media and, um, you know, all these teams are posting all these lavish photos of kids. But for me, it was just kind of the scenery and, and also just understanding the, the magnitude of playing on national TV every week. Cause even at USC, I, I barely watch USC, but you, you know, you can be, you can be sure Notre Dame will be on TV. How good was his tan after he was done recruiting you? <laughs> uh, he's, he's a, he's a very pale man. <laughs> <laughs> so did you There's have to come? Who, who just, did you have to come up uh, <laughs> for a recruiting visit during some uh, not so Hawaiian weather? My recruiting trip, yes, it was not very Hawaiian weather, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the beauty of it is when you get to meet the players and everybody and, you know, you kind of want to toughen up a little bit, right? So um, during the season when the weather is bad, it's all fun and games, but when you get back in January, it's a little bit more brutal. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Did you and Manti come to South Bend to visit at the same time? No, Manti, I think Manti actually came probably one of the worst times. I think the Syracuse game that year. Oh. I, I came yeah. a, I came a little bit later that year, but, um, yeah, that was uh, – <laughs> uh, I, I for sure didn't think he was going to Notre Dame after that one. <laughs> <laughs> so how important was that or how was that relationship having coming all the way from Hawaii to have somebody from Hawaii with you? I mean, as we get, as I get older, you know, you realize the importance of, um, you know, finding success alone is no fun. And just having somebody that you grew up with and even Kona was there with us, just like, it was just, a t- I, I thought it was a total group effort among us three, just, you know, being so far away from home. There were times, you know, Thanksgiving, I think myself, Shaq Evans, Manti and Kona, we had like 
Golden Dragon, that Chinese restaurant. Oh, sure. For uh, Thanksgiving dinner because nobody else, or everybody else went home or, <laughs> or whatnot. So, I mean, that's um, a quality Thanksgiving it, it right just, there. I mean, we that that's how no, we did, no, you know, no. for a couple of years there too. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, but no, I mean, you know, you not that it was a rough time or anything. Just just to have those memories and and be together was was so special, and I definitely miss those days. What made uh, what makes Hawaii, the caliber of players coming out of Hawaii so significant? Because man, there's a lot of good players out there. I mean, I, I just went to the uh, Punahou Kahuku State Championship game. Excuse me, um, what did you say? <laughs> what did you just say? Uh, the Kahuku Kahuku versus Punahou. So I, I won't try high, that. I won't try high that. High school versus Kona's High School. Okay. So we'll put it in that terms. Um, but you see the the atmosphere. Um, it's very much like that movie um, Friday Night Lights where, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, towns shut down and, and that atmosphere last night gave me chicken skin. I haven't seen a high school game in a while, but, um, you know, you realize you're playing for more than just yourself and not only Hawaii, but I, I think, um, you know, people really take pride in, in how they perform on the football field out here. When is the season there? So this pretty late in the season there, like, you know, around here, all the high school, they just had their state championships. What What is the season out there? Like? Yeah, it was the state title game. Oh, okay. okay. state title game uh, last night. Oh. Yeah, so Kona School edged ours. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, just the atmosphere was so awesome to be around. Tim and Jim with 37-game fighting Irish receiver Robbie Toma on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, let's get into that. You want to talk about the big house? Let's get into some memories while you're playing, and we'll start with we'll start with that one. And this is a family show. Matt, um, Matt, stand by no, with the buzzer. I, mean, I, I had a, I had a few choice words with Michigan fans, and then um, uh, I think Theo had that late touchdown, and it looked like we were going to win. Um. And I think uh, there was that end zone fade. Sorry, Gary Gray, but we had a rough game that, that day. Yes, I remember. Those fans were looking for me, and they were, they were flipping me off. And <laughs> I was trying to hide because <laughs> I, I knew they were searching for me. Was that trying to think of their what, their their quarterback? Was the running quarterback and passing quarterback, right? Uh, I can't think of his Denard name. Denard Robinson yes, was, yes. was the quarterback. He was, a, he was a thorn in our side for yeah. too many years. Too many years and stuff. Oh man, that that guy could run. <clears throat> Any other favorite, uh, you know, memory or um, opponent other than USC? I, I I would say I would say what a Michigan game was, was awesome, even though we lost that one. Um, and then just the U, uh, the USC game where where we beat USC on the road to you know to go to the national title. That that. A plane ride home is something that I'll never forget. Just playing um, "Welcome to Miami" from Will Smith. <laughs> I think they overplayed it a little bit. <laughs> I think they overplayed it a little bit, but um, it was just such a special time. I mean, we all, especially our senior class, we worked so hard, and um, you know, the younger guys kind of followed our lead, and, and a lot of the young guys stepped up huge for us. Um, and it just was a special season. Unfortunately. We ran into a buzzsaw when we played Bama, but yeah, um, you know the USC game was was definitely special. So when you first came from Hawaii to North, you had run some kickoffs and played defensive back in in high school, and I think I saw somewhere as a freshman here you ran one kickoff back. Was that something that was in the cards, or or 
that was okay with you just to stay at receiver and not run back kicks? Yeah, no, I, I definitely wanted to run back kicks. Um, but, you know, you, when Bennett, I remember when Bennett came and then the Atkinson brothers came, I mean, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, this guy, this guy might be able to run a little bit faster than you. You might want sure. to let that, let that guy go. So, um, and plus, you know, you, you got to see like George, I think George had a huge return against USC, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, I obviously know that I was capable of, of doing things like that, but, um, you know, I, I knew my role on the team was, was to, to block and to, to make a big catch whenever I was called upon. So, um, that was kind of my main focus. As a junior, you were, you, uh, were this recipient of the next man in award, next man in award. What did that award mean to you? It, it meant a lot. I mean, it's frustrating when you're, like, I, you know, I was player of the year in Hawaii and, and my freshman year, you know, played almost, you know, zero minutes, played a little bit and then sophomore year a little bit. And it's just, it, it, it's tough playing when, when a friend like Theo gets hurt, but um, to be able to perform when, when I was called upon, I'm definitely, that's definitely something I was very proud of and um, earned me a starting job. You know, the coaches were able to trust me and move Theo back to running back. And you were you were Mr. Reliable. Do you see a Mr. Reliable on this year's team? You know, I'm I'm really really loving all three running backs. Um, I mean those those kids just they they're they're showing up. They're running hard, and um, there's a cool picture of of a, a group of them in the snow that I saw on Twitter the other day, and it just kind of shows the toughness and, and, and the grit that these kids show. And, and I love watching our running backs, man. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on 960 WSBT. We're talking with former Notre Dame wide receiver Robbie Toma. Okay, how about – how are you – and this is a kind of Gemini's somewhat favorite question all the time. How are you in watching a Notre Dame game? Do you watch it as a receiver or are you able to watch the total game and just enjoy it? Or, or are you looking at patterns and who's co- the coverages and everything? And some some of the times I I can see you know I'll, you know one of our plays I always recognize as nice I won't go over the the whole concept but I, <laughs> I can I can recognize it and I remember you know just sometimes just being like oh great I'm a decoy here so I know the feeling for some <laughs> of these kids but um, you know it's it's um it's fun it's fun to watch as as just a fan now you know I, I do like to be a little critical at times but. You know, I understand the work that the, the kids put in and the coaches put in, so I, I try to I try to just enjoy it and enjoy a few cocktails while I'm at it. So, what do you like about this team? Uh, got off kind of a slow start, but uh, battled their way back to make everybody noticing this game. Now, from, you know, if it would have been back the middle of the season, people said, "Ah, USC, Notre Dame, no big deal." But now, this is a big deal tonight. Yeah, I mean, if you. I mean, I wish we could just erase the Marshall and Stafford games, but, um, you know, if, if you watch the progression and, and the evolution of how they've played, it's, they look like a well-oiled machine right now, man. And um, they're tough. They're fun to watch. Defense is starting to get after it. And I love that freshman corner. Um, Morrison? If people keep – yeah, if people keep challenging him, uh, they're, they need to be fired, those coaches on the other yeah. team because – I, they, the kid is just making unbelievable plays, and as an 18-year-old, that is, or 
is he 17, 18 years old? That's that's very impressive. You can tell that uh, that they like him too because they're letting him have uh, you know letting him have some time with the reporters after the games. Right. They never do that with freshmen. Yeah, you're right. Right. Well, hey, if if he gets five interceptions in two weeks, he can do whatever. That oh he yeah, wants. exactly. Absolutely. He totally <laughs> he's totally earned it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So hopefully they keep giving him some reins in the media. Right. So. Um, Obviously, there were some struggles in the passing department uh, in the earlier earlier third of the season or whatever. But how impressive were was our receivers that they weren't getting anything. Mayer was getting everything, but yet they were still blocking like crazy. I mean, just blocking for the running backs and everything. Pretty unsel- un- unselfish. I know it, that's the way it should be, that, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing that I know Tommy – um, you know, preaches even without him saying it. He, he's a he's a team guy, and uh, that's why him and I were you know we got along real well. We were roommates in, in college, but um, you know you do what you're asked, and and um, if if you're supposed to block on this play, if you're supposed to run 15 yards. If you're supposed to run 10 yards, you do what you're told, and um, you know good things will happen. Any good Tommy stories from college? Just when uh, probably my favorite memory of Tommy was uh, he, there was a so, quote unquote mistake he made in a seven on seven, and Kelly was yelling at him and he turned around and just said, "I didn't make a mistake. Watch the effing film." Oh! <laughs> and, and, and Kelly Kelly looked at everybody and said, "Okay." <laughs> that was it. Tommy Lord. It was it, that was probably one of my favorite Tommy moments cuz nobody ever nobody ever challenged BK like that. <laughs> he, Tommy, Tommy he really was the only it. guy who who, right? who ever really did challenge. Yeah. So did you yeah. yeah, I I did I had a similar story to that but I did not say the F word. I was I was not willing to put myself up, <laughs> put myself out there like that. <laughs> I get credit on that one. Being the QB1 does kind of get you a little bit extra cachet a little bit. A little bit more flexibility. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just trying to get in the rotation, so I tried exactly. to keep my mouth shut. Do you guys get to uh, uh, stay in touch and talk much or not? Here, here and there, I mean, he's a busy man. He's you see, they got right on the road recruiting once Freeman became the guy. So yeah. Tommy's been hitting the ground running. I'm sure we'll we'll connect after the season, but it's kind of been kind of been a hectic few months for those guys. Yeah, you you think they made too much of that when he was uh, yelling down to his quarterback that wasn't doing very good? I think I mean it, it lit his fire, but much to do oh, about I nothing. It. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, the, the, if you can if you can separate the words from the you know from the actual message, I think Tommy was just trying to stress that hey, like you know everybody's counting on you, and if you if you keep screwing up this way, it's it's making the whole team look bad. So you told me before when we've had uh, interviews that um, when there is somebody out out in uh, Hawaii that Notre Dame is thinking about or something that you've actually they've asked you your opinion or go go look at that re- possible recruit. Is that still the case? Yeah, uh, not. I don't know if we have very many kids in Hawaii that are getting recruited by Notre Dame right now, but um, you know, as of as of last year, there there was quite a bit of uh, feedback between Elston and I. I know. You know, I'm not taking any credit for any of these kids getting recruited to Notre Dame because, you know, Botello and, and uh, uh, 
Maris, they're obviously doing great. Mm-hmm. Those are those are some of my favorite guys. But you know, just I'll be brutally honest. I know there's been a few recruits that I've told coach to stay away from, mm-hmm. um, and sadly, I was correct. But um, you know, it's it's nice to have that trust and and that you know the kids that I vouch for have done well. They uh, they probably cut that uh, out of the budget too when Polian was taking you know like seven trips <laughs> to, to recruit Robbie too. So I, I think I think he was on what is that like the the gold membership for Delta or something. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Some great mileage. Yeah. <laughs> He's still using those yeah, miles. I think, yeah, pretty sure he is. And and you not only come from as a player but also coach because you were coaching at um, your local high school for a while too. Were were you not? Pardon me. I'm sorry. Um, I said, besides you walking the walking the walk and talking the talk as a receiver, you were also a high school coach, correct? Yeah, I um, I was the offensive coordinator at my old high school, but um, had had my daughter and and thought it was time to hang it up for a little bit and and you know be be a dad and um, you know be there for my kids the way my dad was. Makes sense. I'm a father of four, four daughters. Boy, don't don't get four daughters or or any three or two or three more because you you lose all your hair that you've if you got and stuff. So you've got you've got the right mix right there. One boy, one girl. You, you know you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, so yeah. Rob, before we yeah, let you five hundred, there you go. Before I let you go, uh, final thoughts on tonight's game. What do you want to see, or what do you think will happen? You know, I mean, I know everybody's not everybody, but people think USC is this high-powered offense, which they've done great this year. Um, not taking any way from them, but I think if again if we control the line of scrimmage, we control the game, and I, I do not I don't see USC stopping our run, and I hope we can have some have some big long drives and also get USC in some three and out situations. I think we'll be fine. All right, and that's from Robbie Toma in, from Hawaii. Uh, if, if I remember right, you gotta hang up and go. You got a tea a tea golf tea, don't you? Tea time. I, I got a tea time. I will be golfing, and, and I'll make my way into the clubhouse for the game. What time is it there? It's 9.30. Oh, okay, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. All right, Robbie, yep. thanks again yeah. for joining us again this year, and we uh, wish you a, a lot of luck in the future with your job and your family. Go Irish. Appreciate it. Aloha. Go Irish. Stay with us. We'll be back after a short break with Armando Allen and James Aldridge on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You're home for the Fighting Irish. Another reference to California Day, California Dreaming, Mamas and Papas back in my day. Another song that Jim would have no idea what it is. What are you talking about? He's from a different generation. Well, this is true. (laughs) But, yeah, all right. You know what? We could play all sorts of competitive, you know, you know, but we'd like to have a little... Nice family buzz around here. Yeah, why not? Too. Yeah, that's right. So we just had a great conversation with Robbie Toma out in uh, Hawaii. And now <clears throat> we're going to have a couple of uh, running backs that were uh, uh, teammates. And let's see, James Aldridge is down in Florida. Armando, are we hooked up yet? Hey, Armando, the station's going to give you a call, and we'll just do an audio with you while we start with James. Is that okay? All right. James Aldridge, <clears throat> local product. Went to Notre Dame, came out of Merrillville. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm still used to morning. And I apologize for the froggy voice I got today. So My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So <clears throat> you live so close to Notre Dame. Was this the place you always wanted to go? Uh, you know what? It, at 
during that time, that's that's where it, that's kind of where it in, ended up being because it was 50 miles from the house. So uh, that that made the most sense to me at the time. So you were recruited by Notre Dame, and what other possible choices were heavy on you? Um, Oklahoma State was was very a very close competitor. Uh, that was with Coach Gundy. He seemed to be a very nice guy. Uh, but other than that, I mean, that, it was really – I just wanted my parents to come see me play. That's pretty much what my, my deal was. You know what? That's a great reason. I don't know. I've had a lot of guests that have said that about you want to stay close to where your mom and dad can come see you play. Did you have brothers, sisters too? I had a little sister. She played uh, volleyball at like uh, Purdue Fort Wayne or something like that. IPFW. Uh-huh. Yeah. Older, did you say, or younger? Uh, younger, four years younger. So you had a whole contingency, not just your parents and your sister came to watch you, but you have aunts and uncles and everybody wants oh, yeah, t- everybody yeah, wants I, tickets. It's uh yeah, you know how that goes. Everybody <laughs> wants something. I had one uncle that was very supportive. He came up, he was a truck driver, so yeah, but he always made his way through during the home games. So what player was uh walked you around the campus and filled you in on information when you were coming for recruiting? ASAP Swap, David Grimes. All right. And yeah. what did they have to say? Uh, you know, they just, they, their, uh, their whole beings, they, they, they spoke for themselves. So they can mm-hmm. walk around how they needed to, because the content was already there. They didn't have to sell me on anything because I was already sold, but I, you know, it was nice to be around, you know, ASAP is from Hartford and, mm-hmm. and David Grimes from Detroit. Uh, so kind of like, you know, kind of some city cats, but, yeah. uh, real nice, real nice people when it was all said and done. Uh, but they they hosted me uh, on my official my official visit. Yeah, and you had no problem obviously with the weather because you played in the high school ball and the in the uh, Lake Effect belt as they call it. Ice road trucking. Hey James, why don't you? <laughs> here's a guy that's came all the way from Florida. You introduce Armando Allen for for the audience. What do you have to say about Armando? And as we just told Robbie Toma, this is a family show. We do have the kill button if you say something, but. <laughs> Okay, uh, introduce Armando Allen to the audience. Armando Allen uh, is one of the most shifty, powerful people, charismatic, uh, great brother, great leader. We all saw it. We all saw it. We, we, you know, every class has their leaders, you know, and the guys that people stick to. He was that guy for his class and for people beyond that class. But just, you know, I mean, even what, he, what he's doing now, uh, with Autry, and it, it, it's, it's in his it's in his spirit, and he does it well. And I'm I'm grateful to have him. Was grateful to have him as a teammate, and still a good friend now. So Armando Allen. So James, just to clarify, shifty as the verb, shifty not as the adjective, correct? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Armando. So was that a good intro? <laughs> Man, that was awesome, James. I uh, appreciate your choice of words. Uh, very kind, man. I know that you guys felt that way about me, but uh, no, I couldn't have said it better. Appreciate you, James. Where Where are you at now, right now? What state, city? So I, South Carolina. I've uh, been kind of traveling all, all across the globe uh, coaching uh, over the last 10 years. So, yeah, I'm here in Charleston with the running back coach and recruiting coordinator at Charleston Southern. And uh, just took a head coaching position, actually, James at the uh, oh. college preparatory school here in Charleston. 
Congratulations. Uh, that, that's great. We're breaking it here at Headline News. We need to have a little buzzer. Dee, 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 dee. We need the ABC News. <laughs> Let's uh, go. You know, breaking Con- news. Congratulations. <laughs> so now you won't be doing any more uh, game day shows with us because I have a number of players are now coaches, and they just obviously Saturday's a busy day, kind of. <laughs> well, I might be able to join you guys. I mean, the difference is now I'm not coaching college ball. I'm coaching high school ball, so my Saturdays are kind of freed up. There you go. There you go. Hey, so what brought you from Florida up to South Bend? Man, that is an interesting question. And uh, to go ahead and give some input on it, um, for me, it was more so about the family feel and obviously uh, the education. I mean, to me, coming out of Florida, uh, just for me and my household, education was important. I uh, actually was set to, man, I was set to commit to the University of Florida on a Friday. I changed my mind on a Wednesday. I broke my ankle my senior year in high school. Oh, boy. And I didn't get a chance to play. And at that moment, it was kind of a, a reality check to let me know that, you know, football wouldn't last forever. And it's, it's kind of hard to beat that Notre Dame education. So that definitely played a big role into it. And uh, just having the brothers that I've met, uh, on my recruiting visit, that became lifelong friends and lifelong brothers. I uh, really made that decision clear for me. So James was telling us about um, – uh, I'm sorry, I, I lost my train of thought there. James, who who was the two players that you were with? Uh, ASAP Swap and yep. David Grimes. Were my guys, so yeah. what were your two guys, Armando? Or Man, James? Was actually, uh, James was one of them, George West and uh, David Grimes. So we, hey Jim, who was that told us that? Oh, it was Reggie Brooks, right? Mm-hmm. So he was supposed to take his brother around, and he took the money, stuffed it in his pocket, and <laughs> and that was it. He, he just let his brother brother go. And we, somebody else was on, said the same thing happened to them. Did both of you guys use the money properly, or did the guys that were taking you around use the money properly? <laughs> It wasn't, like we was, it wasn't like it was much in the first place. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Armando. Yeah, most of that was in Jesus' cab anyway, so I'm pretty sure those guys used it the proper way. <laughs> so were you guys called? I don't think I've asked this before. I don't know why not. <clears throat> were both of you guys handled recruits coming in Notre Dame too? Was anybody ever assigned to you coming in? And if you remember who they were, that they eventually come to Notre Dame? Jay? James, I was twenty. I was twenty. I was twenty-seven for twenty-eight. <clears throat> what? Uh, only person that got away was uh, what was it? it? Was a wide receiver in the he? They did. They did a night move. He ended up going to North Carolina instead. I forget his name. How, how many? What was that again? How many? Twenty-seven. 27 out of twenty-eight. I didn't even know that players did that many recruiting. Wow. Wow. You. I guess maybe they don't. But you were such a seller. They kept sending them to you. Well, I don't know. We had we had uh we had a relationship with uh you know uh, Dave Lokian and Chad Clunder was there at the time and uh we had a good a good a good situation going. So they would send the guys over and I'd take them on their route. I had Golden. Uh, I'll take them on their route and uh and and go have a good time or whatever they wanted to do. We go do it. Armando Allen. <laughs> Well, I wasn't 27 for 28, that's true. <laughs> You were shifty, though. Uh, no, I – very, very shifty. Uh, I think during our time, we didn't utilize uh, being able to recruit in groups. Man, we had a really, really nice-knit group. 
uh, as far as me, Jimmy Clausen, uh, and Golden Tate. So a lot of our recruiting we did together. Uh, probably did not do a lot of recruiting for Notre Dame at the time. Uh, my one experience was with uh, – I forgot the kid's name. Uh, it was a running back. I forgot his name. Uh, last name, Gray. And, Jonas, uh, Jonas Gray? Jonas Gray. That's it. Gray. And uh, that didn't go so well. But I think we lost that game. And I was one of those. I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm, I'm a very competitive guy. I'm not a sore loser. But when I do lose, I'm automatically shifting to how can I get better for the next week. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wasn't the most friendly, I would say, during that time. But we did a lot of, a lot of recruitment together. So I didn't have a lot of one-on-one time with a lot of guys. But uh, during that unique time, we all spent a lot of time together. We'll call it focused. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Focused. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show uh, with uh, former Irish teammates, running backs James Aldridge and Armando Allen. Armando, how about um, a USC memory for you? Oh, a USC memory. I'll tell you what. I came in a time where my only USC win might have been my senior year, Brian Kelly's first year. So those memories were... I tried to forget minus that one. Uh, but one, I believe, probably um, might have been year two I was at ND, and uh, we were playing out there in U- at USC. And I'll uh, never forget coming out the tunnel, and uh, Clay Matthews, man, was beating his head against oh, the wall. And uh, I find it, I, me personally, I found it comical. Uh, <laughs> but also, I love the passion that he had. But that was one memory that I never forget, obviously. The end result didn't go the way we wanted it, but uh, the atmosphere was electrifying. Uh, just to play against a team full of competitive spirits was awesome. So that that will be one that I will never forget because that year they were pretty stacked. That linebacker core was pretty darn good. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like it. How about for you, James? Uh, it had been my the the most prominent thought probably my freshman year, um, and I got stuck into the game. Darius. Uh, he, for some reason, he was out the game for a, a moment. Travis Thomas was out the game, so they gra- grabbed me to go in for, on a fourth and one. Uh, and I remember um, Ellison, uh, I think that's his last name. He was a D-tackle uh, at, at uh, SC. Uh, and I got the fourth and one, but I remember getting up and everything was tinted yellow. So I don't know what happened. Medically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was this Was this out there or here? This is out there. Out this there. Is, this is in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember getting the first down, but I was like, ah, everything's yellow. I don't know what that is, but we we got the first down. That sounds so, that's, that's alarming. That's right. <laughs> I'll so, tell you about so, it in five years if it's stuck. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Armand, Armando, how, how difficult is it playing out there when they got that dang horn section playing that Trojan song and you got that horse running all over the place? I, you know what? I wouldn't call it difficult, uh, especially when you're the type of you know competitive spirit that I have. Um, I actually enjoy playing out there. I love the atmosphere, and there's nothing better than you know going to someone else's home and and really giving it all you got with the intent to uh, kind of throw upset parties. So I I actually enjoy playing at other people's uh, facilities. So yeah, I wouldn't call it difficult. James, would you concur with that, or do you have some? I mean, it's the same thing. It's, you know, always going fun to go and bring your presence into their house. 
Mm -hmm. So they understand what how a program is ran and what happens when we go, you know, to your to your place or to your house and and do our thing against your will. Right. So just imposing a will more so. Okay, Monter, we're going to start with you first. And James, you'll have to pick a different rivalry. But somebody other than Southern Cal for you, Armando, what was one that really got you even more juiced up than a regular game? Oh, man. You know what? It's funny because I felt like every game we played was a rivalry game. <laughs> or maybe that's, that's a phenomenal job our coaches did of just you know prepping us up every week. Um, but for me, it would be two teams, I would say. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State. And I say Michigan State uh, because our old running back coach would say it all the time. Uh, you knew you were going to get into – it was going to be a brawl. It was going to be a backyard alley fight. And uh, those guys came to play. Every time we played them, they, they were very, very, very competitive, uh, very, very tough. And then, you know, it's kind of hard to overlook, you know, Michigan and the significance at that time of that game. Uh, was a bit was a huge rivalry game. So those two games in particular, those two teams in particular, uh, comes to mind when I think about some of my fondest memories. James, how about you? Uh, I'd probably say uh, Michigan, and that's probably a personal thing too, because they were uh, kind of finicky with their recruiting with me, and I just kind of knew it was kind of. I think they were toying with me, to be honest, when it was all said and done, because <laughs> everybody had offers except Michigan. Like what? Are you, what are y'all doing? Uh. <laughs> well, from you know, from being born and raised here in South Bend or whatever, there's no love lost with uh, Michigan for us people right on the border, right? Yeah, they can have it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about um, you guys were roommates for how many years at Notre Dame. This is me and George was me and George. Oh, you and George. I thought George told me he was also a roommate with Armando at some point. No, not, not the case. They had, they had their own situation over on Angela. <laughs> <laughs> we call it a situation now, huh? <laughs> yeah. They had their own living. They had their own living <laughs> situation. I will say this. We, we, we spent enough time with each other that it almost felt like we were all roommates. Yeah, uh, because we spend a lot of time with each other, though. Let's uh, <clears throat> bring forward to uh, this year's uh, team. I've talked to a number of running backs. Alan Pinkett's the one that reminds me the most. He always wanted the rock. He didn't like a bunch of running backs all run at the same time. Armando, as competitive as you are, I'm sure that's the same feeling, right? Um, I think every running back wants to rock, and honestly, for me. I think it was a little different. I think I really took heed to the running back by committee philosophy. Um, obviously, wanted to rock, but I understood that we had a stable of running backs. I mean, you take uh, me, for an example, you take James, you take uh, Robert Hughes, you take Jonas Gray. I mean, not Jonas, yeah, not Jonas Gray, but you take Jonas, for example. Um, we had a pretty stable backfield, even Sierra Wood at the time when I was there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, me being probably the most undersized guy in there, uh, I didn't mind, you know, sharing it because I knew I couldn't take that, that impact every play. So I really was one that enjoyed having that running back by committee. I think we all worked hard. Uh, and we all, you know, wanted to be successful, and it, and it showed up on the field. So my philosophy was a little different. I thought that 
every time I did get to rock, I wanted to do something special with it, but there was never a moment when I felt like it just had to be me. James, I see you not in your head. Agreement. We, I think I think our running back room was in agreement. I think Coach Haywood did a good job, uh, and Coach Weiss delivering that message through Coach Haywood to get us all bought in on what on what everybody was trying to do. I mean, we was all said and done trying to win games, but we had a plethora of of really talented running backs, like Armando just said, and even Theo Riddick. I mean, I mean, he can make a man miss in a phone booth as well. Very shifty cat. Uh, but it was it was all about. I mean, it was. It was no me. It was no like I in the in the situation. So you, you kind of you got you got bought into that. You like to see other people go out and do well, and you know how that makes them you know feel in their mm-hmm. own personal journey. You know what I mean? So it's it, it, it was. I don't think it was ever any bad bad blood at all. I mean, not one, not not any at one percent. It was like a very friendly, competitive, team oriented running backs room for us. He's James Aldridge with his. Uh... Teammate Armando Allen, Tim Growl, Jim Mariseri on the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show. So this always goes fast. So we're getting down to it or whatever. Let's, uh, Armando, what do you want to see and what do you expect for tonight's game? Um, I mean, <clears throat> it's been uh, a year that I think, um, you know, you always have high expectations for Notre Dame. That's just the standard. Uh, you knew that there will be some hiccups, but even then, sitting at 83. Uh, I really want to see us continue to do what we've been doing well, and that's running the ball. I mean, you, you're looking at a backfield that's, uh, that's really running back by committee. I think Harry has done a fantastic, phenomenal job with the offensive line, and I just want to see us impose our will in the run game. And I think that will be one to kind of walk away from the night, you know, with a chip on my shoulder knowing that, you know, we were able to, to run the ball forcefully. And I think that we can. I think if we can control the run game and really, you know, impose our will on our opponents tonight, uh, I'll be satisfied. How about James? How about you? Well, you know the story. I mean, that good old Midwest balls four yards, four yards in a cloud of smoke. But <laughs> uh, to see, you know, I mean, estimate, see Diggs, see uh, Chris Tyree, to see them all get going. Right. Like it happened, it happened last game. If, you, if they mm-hmm. all get going, if they all get going, right, it could be bad for anybody we play because it opens up obviously it opens up everything else because you got to respect it you got to respect it then but uh we, we know how you know how, impo- how important this uh you know this this running game is but i, I mean i'm a big audrey i'm a big you know audrey Gestime fan i when i said i'm like who is who is that man yeah I like, he just I like runs him. over people doesn't he he does i mean and, and granted chris tyree's a st louis cat and i'm yeah. from st louis mm-hmm. so I'm a big fan of just, you know, hometown boys getting out and doing well too. But this, you know, we have we have really good we have really good running backs and we're we're deep outside of those guys. But those, you know, those are main guys right. right now. And uh we get we get all those guys running and rolling right. It'll it'll be it'll create issues for you to see for sure. Well, when you both played at Notre Dame, you were really uh great running backs too and we appreciate you guys taking the uh, the time. Next season we'll get with you and we'll schedule even longer time of interview. Copy that. James Aldridge, Armando Good Allen, talk. thank you. Thank you. Go Irish. Go Irish. Appreciate it, Tim. Go you Irish. got it. We'll be right back. All right. We got a little Hollywood intro there for you. Can we just have that every week? There you go. 
<laughs> like every. I think if it would be more effective though if it was we were video. It was virtual. And we would walk out onto the stage to those. That is true. <laughs> Bunch of smoke going off. There you yeah, go. Light show. All right, what do you got for us? Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Sherwood Tire, your one-stop for complete auto care at the corner of US 30 and Oak Road in Plymouth. And by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. We'll be right back. Hey, we'll be right back after a short two-minute break with Ronaldo Wynn and John Carney right here on your home for Fighting Irish Football, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Oh, yeah, a little Saturday night fever for our Saturday night game tonight. We're all looking forward to it. <clears throat> Tim Grell here with Jim Arasari. Matt Embry here in the studios. They've all got good voices, but I don't. But the show goes on. I'm going to take care of a couple reads here real quick while you go. Uh... I need a shot of something is what okay. I really need right now. So, yeah, go ahead. Do a couple there reads. Go, uh, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt. Don't shop where new beginnings have happy endings. Also by Tim Grau State Farm Insurance for amazingly great rates <coughs> on auto, home, and life insurance. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. Somebody get him a shot! There we go. There it comes. It's back. We're so glad you're taking some time out of your day to listen. We're here four hours from kickoff right now here on WSBT. You don't have to go anywhere because immediately following game day at 4 p.m., will be Game Day Sports Beat, powered by Michelob Ultra. <clears throat> that leads into the network pregame show, then kickoff just after 7.35 p.m. And the coverage is not over when the game ends. After the game, it's our own Jim Arizari and Reggie Brooks for the official Notre Dame postgame show. <clears throat> Excuse me. All on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You want a coffee or something? Or no, something, I, don't, I, something I, I, I need something stronger than that. But okay. <laughs> as I keep saying, we're a family show, so we won't talk about that. Here's a guy that bailed out the Irish and numerous NFL teams in all the years of playing. That's what a kicker does. He's got ice water in his veins, and that would be nobody else but John Carney. Hey, good afternoon, John. Good morning for you out there in California. Hi, guys. Great to be on game day. Thank you. Oh, it's just afternoon there, right? Uh, it is. Just turned to 12.05. All right. So <clears throat> remind our audience, and we, and we had you on, thank you for that, uh, either last year or the year before, what you're doing right now out there in California. I appreciate that. So uh, leading into retirement, I started to coach and mentor high school, college, and pro kickers and punters. Uh, we have some long snappers as well. Uh, we run combines. We ran combines for the NFL in the, uh, in the fall leading into the season. We ran a combine for the USFL last january and we will do that again this january um and we just have a you know a great time of bringing guys uh, to the next level uh helping them on their journey to reach uh, the goals and dreams that they have as a kicker punter and long snapper so kickers transitioning from college to pros did you also say you do high school to college we do we do so the whole gamut and, uh, you know, it's, it's great. They're all in different, different 
parts of their journey uh, and their skill level, um, strength and conditioning. We I have a gym down in Carlsbad, California, so we teach them skill-specific training to become the best kicker and punter they can be. Um, a lot of the weight coaches around the country don't have the, uh, the background um, or the experience of how to truly strength and condition a kicker or punter, so uh, we're happy to do that. Um, and share that along, and, and we do share that with coaches uh, at the college and pro level as well. It is more than just having a really big muscular leg. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely. It is. So uh, we got, yep, we got to focus on hip flexors. We got to focus on uh, core rotational core and diagonal rotational core um, flexibility mobility is super super important. So when you see these high level kickers and punters, the amount of flexibility and mobility they have in their their hips, their quads, their hamstrings, their lower back uh, is exceptional so they can get a long range of motion and there's no friction during the course of the swing. When uh, you can be a name dropper in this case, do you have any names for us of people that have come through that we would know, recognize on a NFL Sunday game day? Uh, Young Way Koo is one of the guys that has spent a lot of time with us. He showed up at our doorstep the day after he was cut by the Chargers, and uh, we've worked with him for, for years. Uh, Ty Bass, uh, the kicker at uh, the Buffalo Bills. Um, Thomas Morstead, longtime punter. I got to play with Thomas and coach him at the Saints in 2009. That was his rookie year. And, of course, Garrett Hartley, I got to play and coach him as well. He was our Super Bowl kicker for the Charger, uh, for the, uh, the Saints. Um. Yeah, the Townsend brothers, John, Johnny Townsend, Tommy Townsend. Mm-hmm. Those they've come and trained with us, and they they did their NFL preparation with us, which was great. Um, Jason Sanders, University of uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, he did his uh, NFL prep with us. Matt Gay did his NFL prep with us. He's uh you know the kicker at the Los Angeles Rams. So, uh, and a lot of college guys that I think that will be coming out and and really having a great career. Uh, and they're uh they're on the on the break and we have a lot of free agents we have a, a bunch of free agents that um we train on a regular basis come out here to live in california and train with us on, and uh ramiz ahmed who is with us in our program for for several years uh he is presently with the green bay packers um he, he uh joined them in preseason and did really well uh during he's been on practice squad he he kicked off for them two games ago uh Looks like he'll kick off for them against the Eagles uh, this Sunday. Uh, he's one of our, our young stars that just a very talented guy, and he'll be um, a full-time place kicker in the league, I believe, um, starting next year, maybe in Green Bay, maybe somewhere else. We're visiting with longtime NFL kicker and Notre Dame kicker, uh, John Carney and the Lexi Heating Air Game Day Show. How much different is it now versus when you were coming out of high school um, to be a kicker is it almost like night and day is this what you're doing now a hole that you you felt you needed from that you experienced when you were going from high school to college and then college to the pros i think it's a it's a bigger jump uh nowadays because back in my day we still had a, the kicking block that we kicked field goals off of so it wasn't a big transition as far as the mechanics of the kick we kicked off a two inch or a one inch block in high school and we got to do the same in college now the high school kickers have to transition from the, the kicking block, the field goal block, down to kicking off the ground. So that usually takes, you know, it may take months. It may take a year for them to become very comfortable and adequate. 
uh, and proficient at kicking off the ground. So you don't see a lot of freshman kickers coming in out of high school, you know, starting their freshman year uh, at the college level. Um, and the kids are good. I mean, I tell you what, they're, they've started kicking and punting at a younger age nowadays than mm-hmm. when I was around. Um, you know, a lot of them are transitioning from the soccer field, which is great. But uh, I think it's more camps, more coaches, more opportunities in high school to, to become a kicker and a punter. Uh, it seems to be maybe uh, it's, it's more cool now to be a kicker and <laughs> a punter. And, and it was in my day, you know, in my day, if you couldn't play a position, receiver, defensive back, quarterback, you ended up, if you had a soccer background, doing some kicking and punting. And nowadays, guys <laughs> who are phenomenal athletes who actually can play and do play other positions have chosen to uh, to specialize in kicking and punting. And so our kickers and punters as a whole these days are more athletic and um, just physically more gifted. And, and then we see, you know, the, the performances that respond from, from that gifted athlete. Yeah, it's crazy nowadays. It's oh. like some of these guys are, you know, built like linebackers yeah. and, uh, you know, Way back, you know, probably when uh, when John was kicking, you know, at least starting out in the NFL, you know, they were all like the smallest guy on the team. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, the NFL only had really a handful of guys, uh, kickers anyways, that were over the 200 pounds. You know, Martin Anderson and a few other guys. And, and now there's a lot of big guys who are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", you know, 215. Um, and they're really big, strong, athletic guys. Do you, do you work on any tackling with them, too? Because some of these guys are starting to lay down the boom. Yeah, so not necessarily tackling drills, but our our strength and conditioning certainly puts them in a position where they're physically capable not only to make a tackle but to withstand contact so they can play the next down and they're not carted off the field. Makes sense. So you won All-State honors as a punter. So was that what Notre Dame was recruiting to you and other schools recruiting you as a punter? or a dual threat place kicking and punter? Yeah, kind of a combo guy. So when when they recruited me, and I was very fortunate to um, be recruited because Alonzo Jefferson, who was our phenomenal um, running back, who was attract, you know, attracted all the colleges from around the country, uh, he did agree and, and go to Notre Dame, commit to Notre Dame. And so uh, Jerry Faust and, and my head coach, Sam Bundick, down in Florida, got it together and said hey kickers you know he's pretty good he can do this and that you know grades are okay so why don't you take him as a preferred walk-on so uh that's how i got to notre dame and and they were looking at me as a, a combo guy who could kick and punt and then see kind of where i ended up uh falling and uh my freshman year i came up there it looked like the kickoff job was open and so that's what i i focused on and uh i was fortunate to start my freshman year kicking off against the Purdue Boilermakers. All right. So how was that? You know, going from high school to college and all of a sudden now you're in front of, well, at that time, what, about 58,000 at Notre Dame, something like that? About that. So how, how was that dynamics? Uh, well, yeah, it was a little scary. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I wasn't a, a big um guy who, who followed a lot of college sports. So I was busy running around playing soccer and fishing and surfing down in Florida. So uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't aware. I was naive. I wasn't quite aware of, of, of the magnitude of the Notre Dame 
following in the tradition. And so uh, it was kind of on the run, learning and understanding and experiencing how much attention the Notre Dame football team and the program drew from the, across the country and even internationally. So uh, I was glad I was just kicking off and, and not kicking field goals as a freshman because that would have been a ton of pressure that I certainly wasn't ready for. Uh, Mike Johnson was the starting kicker and a okay. phenomenal kicker mm-hmm. at that. And I was fortunate to, to sit behind him and watch him do his thing for a year while I just kicked off. So how much – how? let's see, you were Jerry Faust. How much emphasis did they put on the kicking game and special teams in general? How much time I, was- I thought they did a really good job. Uh, I know some teams uh, short-circuit that, and, and you see it. It shows up on Saturdays or in the NFL on Sundays. If you're not giving proper attention to uh, the preparation during the course of the week, then it definitely shows up on game day. And I thought – I thought Jerry Faust and certainly Lou Holtz did a very good job of spending a lot of time on special teams, emphasizing special teams and recruiting special teams. So not only recruiting kickers and punters, but long snappers and returners. How long did it take you to figure out that you don't judge the wind at Notre Dame stadium by the flags that are on top of the stadium, because it can be totally different (laughs) inside the stadium. It is. And, you know, since we've been there, they moved the American flag to the other side of the field, too. So uh, <laughs> out a whole other game. But and you pay attention. So you can't go to sleep on on the environment there, certainly at, at Notre Dame Stadium, because that wind will change about every 15 minutes. And you better pay attention to whatever flag and and tassel and, and who, whatever blowing that you can figure out what what the wind's doing because you need to keep on top of it because it'll it'll trick you but uh, our specialists have done a good job historically of handling that and and observing i call it being micro observant of the environment so mm-hmm. really focusing on you know back in our day there was grass so you know what's the grass look like you know we, we used to be criticized for having tall grass at notre dame stadium so <laughs> that was something that the kickers had to um to work with and work around and now you have the artificial turf but you still have the wind conditions and of course last week they had a nice sunny day until the third quarter and then they had a snow blizzard roll in and so you know a whole new set of environmental factors that the specialists and everybody on the team had to deal with it was changing like every two minutes during the third quarter quite honestly so a far cry from the uh, sunny surfing weather of florida up to the winters of notre dame were you recruited during the bad part of this weather up here or the halfway decent part? Well, uh, I, I never stepped on my foot on Notre Dame campus until uh, summer summertime when we reported. So wow. uh, when the call came in and uh, the, the coach who I was dealing with at the time said, hey, we're going to take you as a preferred walk-on, mm-hmm. I, uh, I was just sharing this the other day that my grandmother was the only one in the house. And so we, we danced the Irish jig around the house. We were so excited. <laughs> my, my father had always been a big Notre Dame fan, but I never stepped foot on campus. And all I knew was great university, great education, mm-hmm. great football program. So the, the de- decision was easy, but yeah, I, again, I had never been in South Bend, Indiana. So probably it was my first time in the state of Indiana as well. So it was all new to me. So when they offered you a preferred walk-on, did you say, what's that? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell our uh, listeners what exactly a preferred walk-in is versus a walk-in, a walk-on. 
So preferred walk-on, you, you're recruited, much like a scholarship athlete. Um, they have plans for you. Um, they, they feel that, you know, you are certainly worthy and will be on the roster for four years. We just don't have a scholarship for you available at the time. Um, if you work into a starting position and start contributing to the program, uh, scholarship may be available to you. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, Notre Dame was very good with our walk-on class. We probably had 14 guys come in. Oh, wow. um, they, weeded out, they weeded out about five right away. And then the rest of the guys stayed. And I'd say by our senior year, I'd say maybe seven of those guys had received scholarships. So I thought mm-hmm. they were really uh, fair and, um, and, and stuck with their promise of you guys contribute to the program and, and we'll find a scholarship for you. So do you remember that first game? Okay, so you came in. It was summertime. Never been in winter weather up here yet. September games were probably great for weather too. October pretty much too, but now you're getting into November. Can you remember that first time you had to go out there and it was snowy, blizzardy, and cold? Yeah, so I don't know if we had a snow game my freshman year, but I know the spring football was the worst because we didn't have an indoor complex. Right. So – uh, you know, really through the Jerry Faust years, our spring football was miserable. Um, whether it was cold, windy, it was it was it was bad. Uh, Coach Holtz came in and said, "We need an indoor complex," and he got the funding for that and support and, and put the indoor co- complex together um, mm-hmm. immediately. That was the goo, right? We, we, yeah, yep. Okay. We also needed that for recruiting. So, um, but. Yeah, it was it was cold. Uh, you know, how many layers can I wear at practice and still kick a ball? So, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, game time things they got the heaters on the sideline in game time, and you and you're geeked up. You got a lot of adrenaline. It's a lot easier to stay warm during game time. But uh, the practices, those long practices, uh, you know, are on uh, Cartier Field. Um, there's no heaters and there's no place to hide. So uh, those those were tough. But you know, it makes tough men. So uh, we were tough, but, you know, guys that players and athletes that train in the cold and train in challenging environments are better for it. And sooner or later, you're going to play a game in those environments and you're going to know how to handle it. What was the official John Carney number of layers that uh, that you could <laughs> wear without uh, affecting your kicking? Yeah, lots. But uh, I found out you, you start to feel like a snowman and you can't kick. So, right, right. And you have to start. You got to start peeling them off. Start no, looking no. like Randy from A Christmas Story. Yeah, <laughs> can't put my arms down. We're with former Notre Dame, nineteen eighty four yeah. to nineteen eighty six kicker John Carney on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. All right, so we got Southern Cal coming up. <clears throat> I know you've got some Southern Cal memories because I can remember some of the big kicks you made uh, in Lou Holtz's first year out there. But <clears throat> let's let you judge that. What's your favorite uh, memory out at USC playing out there, not here? Uh, I love playing SC. I think I think everybody does. It's a great rivalry. I think it, it brings out the best in universities. Um, I think both universities have a lot of respect for each other's program and each other's you know academics, what they stand for, uh, and so many great players. I was blessed to play with a lot of USC grads. Well, I don't know if they were graduates, but they were USC football <laughs> players. <laughs> so, uh, Woo! I like a shot across the bow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, Junior Sal being one of my great buddies. Uh, we had some great um, Notre Dame USC bets. Um, the best one was when, of course, Notre Dame won, and Junior bleached his hair blonde. So a, a blonde Samoan, he had to go out and play an NFL game 
with blonde hair and it was so much fun. But uh, that's uh, great. That's great. I but my pick- sophomore year, my sophomore year, we we went out there. They, I don't. I think they call it the Mud Bowl, but there was a torrential downpour uh, right on top of the USC Coliseum, and we ended up playing in in a quagmire. We won that game, and which which sent us to the Aloha Bowl, which was a lot of fun. But that was a, a great contest. It was real messy, obviously. Uh, we actually kicked two 45-yard field goals in the quagmire, which was pretty mm-hmm. exciting. And, um, and it was exciting to get that bid to go out to the Aloha Bowl. And then my senior year, of course, coming back from 17 points in the fourth quarter, uh, Steve Berlin getting really hot there in the fourth quarter, Tim yep. Brown having a huge mm-hmm. punt return. And then um, – as Coach Holtz predicted the night before, which I wasn't happy about, he predicted that he hopes the game comes down to a game-winning field goal. <laughs> I was hoping we'd win by three touchdowns, but uh, <laughs> did have to punch in a field goal at the end of the game for the win. Uh, Steve Berline was my holder as well, so we got to celebrate you know, the last play of our senior year, our last play as Notre Dame players um, with a victory and putting USC down again. So, um, yeah, and, was, uh, love, love playing in the Coliseum. And most people say that's the game that started the turnaround for Notre Dame and the Lou Holtz era with that, that game. I can still remember watching it, but it was like, that's, that's the signif- yeah. significant Lou Holtz is here and here's the program. We're on our way now. And, and coach Holtz said that, in fact, he told the seniors what a monumental game that was for the program. And he kept his word. He said, we're going to go to a bowl game next year and we will send you something from that bowl game. And sure enough, they went to the cotton bowl and they sent every senior player who had graduated the prior season. That was part of that USC victory. Uh, he sent us a cotton bowl watch. Oh, wow. so I thought that wow. was really cool. He kept his word and really felt that was a big stepping stone for the program. And uh, certainly we would have liked, I think all of us would have liked to stay a few more years and, and been a part of that ride that Lou Holtz brought right into the national championship. Um, but it was really nice that that that's the way he believed that that game was a, a big stepping stone, uh, a big pillar of success for the program moving forward. I don't know. If we, this is I think we've had more kickers on this season, Jim, than we have ever I've ever had. DJ Fitzpatrick, Bob Thomas and punter Tyler Newsom. I don't think I've ever asked this. What's the conversation with your holder? Anything that would be notable or is it just silence? You both know what you got to do or is there some like, especially you and Steve talking? So uh, one of us most, and most likely it's Steve, the holder will have an eye on the play clock. He's got to make sure that we're not going to have it delay a game. Uh, He's got to make sure we got 11 guys out there. So he's counting linemen. Um, He wants to make sure that he and I, kicker and holder we we agree on the spot it's the proper distance behind uh, the line of scrimmage which in college is seven seven to eight yards high school seven yards the pro pro it's eight yards so make sure that our math is correct and um and if the if there's a win so if there's a win that we're dealing with and, and the field goal is maybe a, a mid to long range field goal i may be telling steve or the holder okay we need to point the laces in this direction this is where i'm going to start the ball and then uh, mother nature is going to bring it back down the middle so there is some conversation going there it's much like a uh, golfer with his mm-hmm. caddy talking about talking about reading a putt we just have to do it a lot more quickly <laughs> we're on the clock so all business like no joke like hey 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 john two guys went into the bar and 
no, no, no light, yeah. no, <laughs> nobody cut the tension. It's all business. No, okay. no, it's all business. Also, <laughs> funny story. Uh, Sean Salisbury, former yeah. USC quarterback, right. ended up being my holder for one year at the Chargers. So Sean's my holder. We're lining up for a game-winning field goal against the Indianapolis Colts. And he starts yelling, watch the fake, watch the fake. <laughs> and so we, we kick the field goal, we make the field goal. I'm like, Sean, what are you doing? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to give the defense, you know, keep them honest. <laughs> okay, I can't, have you, I can't have you shouting at the defense That's when I'm right. trying to kick a, kick a ball. But he was funny, but he was, he was a great holder and a, and a great quarterback. I enjoyed playing with him. He was a lot of fun. I always heard he was a lot of fun, so that doesn't surprise me me see him saying that. It's like two guys walk into a bar. Hike! <laughs> Hey, John, we got about a minute here, so uh, what are you expecting tonight to see? I actually like the way this is setting up because they USC just had an emotional win last week against UCLA. Uh, they have the Pac-12 championship or whatever is coming, coming around the corner. They have some big things down the road, and I'm sure when, when the season started, they saw kind of Notre Dame's struggles early in the season – and felt, you know, Notre Dame's just not that strong this year, so we probably don't have to, you know, worry about that on our schedule. Let's focus on some of the other games we have that are, are going to be a challenge. So I think it's a, a, it's a trap game for them. Um, I think we're playing the best ball we've played all year long. Uh, I think we're coming off um, some big victories. I think we have, um, you know, running back stepping up, Number three, number seven. I love those guys together. Um, and Tyree at 25. So we have a really dynamic backfield. But I love the fact that number seven, we got a big, strong back. Um, we, receivers are stepping up. Uh, Drew Pine's accurate and been consistent. Uh, special teams have been really, really good with John Sott and uh, Blake Groupie. So uh, I think we're going to give them a heck of a, a ride tonight. And I think we're going to come out on top. I like how you think. I like how you think. Hey, before we go, in case there's any parents out there, their uh, sons are kickers or whatever, or daughters are kickers right now, where can they go get more information on, on your business there, what you do? Uh, thanks. Uh, CarneyCoaching.com. You can go to our website, CarneyCoaching.com, uh, or you can go to Instagram and look up Carney Kicking and follow us on Instagram. You kind of see what we're doing and all the activity we have and uh, I think it's a really good uh, Instagram uh, platform of uh, what what we're up to and, and how we coach and, and teach our young specialists. But uh, CarneyCoaching.com will get you uh, some more information. We'd love to get in touch with you. We're out here, here in uh, Carlsbad, San Diego, California, and we'd love to work with your, your kickers, uh, male or female. We've had some great young female kickers that have been the starting varsity kicker uh, in high school. So, uh Male or female, kickers and punters, love to work with you guys in the future take you to the next level. All right. That's a good sales pitch. I love it. I love it. Hey, will you enjoy a good Irish victory tonight and go Irish? Thanks, guys. Go Irish. And that's the former Notre Dame kicker, John Carney. We're going to be back after a short break with former Notre Dame defensive, Notre Dame and NFL defensive end, Ronaldo Wynn. That's a little bit of California sun by South Bend's own Rivieras. Back in the early 60s, they continued to play. They used to uh, manage uh, places that we book bands, and they would play around the area. But, yeah, South Bend, local band, made good. Number one hit.
there was nothing around town that that gave them the inspiration for the name the Rivieras. Uh, there, there couldn't no, have been. Not that I think <laughs> of. And why they picked California Sun to be in it, but all was history after that. Hey. It all took one song to be famous and stuff, too. That's right. So we got some sponsors that are famous to us. That is uh, correct, Tim. Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by... Uh, Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by <clears throat> United Beverage Company. Michelob Ultra, the superior light beer with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. The Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Lozier, launch your career at Lozier. Apply today at lifeatlozier.com. Pella Windows, replacing your windows or doors can be intimidating, but Pella makes it easy. And Hotel Elkhart, welcome to an Elkhart original with hospitality reimagined your home on game day weekends he's jim arizari i'm tim growl we're with matt embry in the wsbt studios on a really nice day outside here for south bend yeah beautiful yeah it especially is. after last week yeah i'm all right with this that's right well here's a, our next guest has uh, got some memories from playing in the cold up here and also going out and playing in the warmth of uh, los angeles too and that would be uh ronaldo win good afternoon Hey guys, how you doing? What's going on, Tim and Jim? Thanks for having me on. You are, you are welcome. What's going on in Las Vegas, man? I tell you, it's probably a lot warmer here than it is there. <laughs> what, I've been listening, to y'all. Y'all said it's a great day. What is? What does that mean right now? What does that mean? <laughs> Fifty-five butts sunny. Yeah. So, oh, I'll take. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say here, you. So. <laughs> you had some cold days playing up here, and in much colder than fifty-five. So we'll take it too right now. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Hey, remind us, uh, everybody, what you're doing out there um, um, with your your uh, your business and your camp out there that you uh, run. Yeah, so I ended up opening up a burn boot camp. My wife and I, she had a great idea. <laughs> I, at the time, it sounded crazy. My, my old boss, Joe Gibbs, I was working at Joe Gibbs Racing right. and running his foundation. And uh, he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, coach, I'm opening up a gym with my wife. He was like, you kidding me? But. You know, it, 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 it's been great these last three years. It's allowed us to get back to Vegas, where her family's from. And, you know, and as well, I, I've gotten to work with the East-West Shrine Bowl game. So, you know, as an ambassador, you know, being a part of that, it's been great. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, being out here back in family time right here with the family. So it's been great. What's uh, uh, the uh, concept of the name Burn Boot Camp? Oh, man, you can only imagine it's in the <laughs> name. But, yeah, so it's a boot camp, 45 minutes of work. Uh, they actually just opened up one in that area out in Granger. Uh, but oh, really? It's one of the fastest, oh, yeah, it's one of the fastest small-growing uh, boutique gyms in the country. There's probably about 400 right now around the country, and uh, it opened probably about seven years ago. started out in, in a Walmart parking lot, uh, just, you know, a bunch of people just getting a great workout in for 45 minutes, and uh, we were members at the second franchise ever and uh, had an opportunity to open up one back here in Vegas, and, you know, we felt it was a great business plan, and, uh, you know, we've been doing great, you know. So we're here in Henderson, and we're about to open up location number two in another part of Las Vegas here uh, in the next couple months. So, uh, so yeah, it's a boot camp, uh, you know, 45 minutes of work, any level, doesn't matter where you are in your fitness walk. Uh, come in and get a great workout. So yeah, if you ever in Granger, check it out. They running there. They are running a seven day free trial. 
uh, you get an opportunity to see what it's all about. A Walmart parking lot where all things great begin. <laughs> seriously, what was your what, seriously what was your response to your wife when she said, "Hey, hey, honey, we need to open up a a gym, a boot camp." <laughs> hey, you asked some great questions because that is the question right there. I said, "Hey, knock yourself out." that's kind that's kind of what i do with my wife whenever she asks a question kind of like that so have fun she wouldn't leave it alone (laughs) yeah she wouldn't leave it alone and then she then the next thing was but this is in vegas i'm like oh we're not moving to vegas we're good right here i'm I'm, i I love what i'm doing you know you know joe gibbs racing has been great with for me where were you uh, living then we're in Charlotte, so okay. as you know, the mecca, yeah. the mecca of NASCAR is right. right there in that North Carolina region, man. So uh, that's where we were. We I lo- we loved it, uh, but you know, she just wouldn't let up, and uh, she really felt strongly about it. And, and then she threw the she threw the one at me that I couldn't say no. She said, "You know, I followed you around for over twenty five years to chase your dream. That's the <laughs> least you can do for me." I was like, "No, you didn't go there. You didn't go there." Which was true. I mean, we were married in Notre Dame. You know, uh, she was with me in South Bend for a couple of years there. And uh, I, I, I had to kind of give a little credit where credit was due. And that was the deal. When I came and told uh, told Coach Gibbs, I said, Coach, I got to step down. He was like, this is your dream job. What are you doing? I said, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But I got to chase my dream girl. She's got a dream of her own. And we got to go ahead. And the first thing he told me was, Go ahead and let her go. You just, you hey, just. I, he said, "Wait a minute, I said, hold on, hold on, coach, hold on." I, I like being married now. I like being right. married, but uh, he, he understood. He understood. I, I still work with coach, and you know, um, I'm, 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 I'm really heartbroken for coach. I don't know if you heard the news, but yes, coach yes. Gibbs lost his son yes. at the uh, NASCAR championship race right. a couple of weeks ago. Horrible, man, because we had just lost JD two or three years prior Mm -hmm. to that, who was our president. And for him to lose both of his sons Mm -hmm. in the span of three and a half years. So anybody that's listening, just pray for the Gibbs family. I mean, he is heartbroken, which he should be. I cannot even imagine losing two sons in three years. So it's been been tough for the Gibbs. Um, We're talking with uh, Ronaldo Wynn, former Notre Dame and NFL defensive end. Real quickly, did you ever used to watch the TV series Friday Night Lights? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. you're the last episode uh, is your life. Coach Ta- <laughs> Coach Taylor gave in to his wife to go. She could go pursue her career because she had been following him, right? Yeah. That story was about you. And I didn't even know about it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I got to go back and watch that last episode. You should. It, it's exactly how you said this happened with you and your wife. That's exactly how that show ended. So. Um, well, I mean, well, guys, you guys know, like all across football lines, man, this is always the thing that kind of comes up, right? It's a, it's important. You look at our buddy Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the things he talked about with his wife. You look at Tom Brady. I mean, he obviously made the choice, right? You know, I right. mean, in terms of his family, I, I and then been around Joe Gibbs all the years that I was around him. One of his pet peeves was. If I can give it all back, those three championships, to have time to go to one football game of one of my sons. He never went to one game, mm. never went to one football game. And it's one of those things that, of course, Tom is going to find out, man, you cannot get that time back. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care 
how many wins you got, how many championships. At the end of the day, when you're looking back on your life, you're going to say, man, was it worth it? You know, and most of the time, guys say, no, it was not, not even close. This is the Legacy Heating, our game day show, as we spend some time with former Irish defensive end, Ronaldo uh, Wynn. So, was Coach Gibbs was your coach when you played for the Redskins from 2002 to 2006? Yeah, yeah. So, he was, he was there, uh, and that's kind of how he and I kind of formed a, you know, uh, um, you know, a friendship. I mean, he's, a, he's my mentor, of course, still is. Uh, but we, we started off a little rocky when he, when he first came <laughs> came back uh, out of retirement, and uh, he and I we bumped heads. I almost I almost was fired by coach before I the season even started uh, <laughs> because he, he wanted he, he he had a great idea about starting the year off the off season with a mini cap, which is crazy. I mean, you got to give guys an opportunity. <laughs> to come back and work out and right. and get an opportunity. You know, we're in, we're in the off season. We're vacation and nobody's working out. You know, that's why you give guys an opportunity to work out. Well, he's coming right in and he wants guys to, to work out and he's going to start making cuts based on. So I'm getting calls all across the country, you know, from my teammates because I'm a player rep and I'm saying, yeah, it's nothing in our CBA that says he can't do a minicamp whenever, however. <laughs> and I had to tell coach at the same time that I couldn't make this mini camp because I was a player rep and our meeting was the same weekend as the mandatory quote unquote mini camp, which was Whoa. happened to be in Hawaii. So, uh, <laughs> so he kind of told me, he told me that without even having a chance to meet him in person, he called me and was like, Hey, if you're not here, you know, then you may not, basically you may not have a job when you come back from this, uh, Hawaii trip. I'm like, coach, I'm a union rep. I mean, there's no way I can come in. I'm going to be a sellout. If I come in to that mini camp, I'm going to sell out. Guys are not going to trust me. I can't come back. I'm like, it was a hard decision, but, you know, some kind of way he kept me on board. And, and we ended up connecting right after that. I went to a race in Vegas and, uh, you know, went to one race, man, fell in love with NASCAR. And I started going to NASCAR races on my own in the off season and coach Gibbs came up to me about two years into it and said, Hey, I, I've got thousands of players I coach, but I've never had a guy like you that just, you just keep showing up. You're not asking me for nothing. You paying your own way. You're coming to these races. I'm like, coach, I love it, man. I'm just, I'm just a fan. That's all it is. And so he pretty much offered me a job as to be a part of the team, you know, once I retired. And so that kind of developed and, um, Long story short, I, I spent nine years in uh, Joe Gibbs racing, had an opportunity to win two championships with Kyle Busch and, and three Daytona 500s with, uh, with the FedEx Denny Hamlin team. It, I mean, it was a great ride, and I appreciate Coach giving me the opportunity. Don't you love it when a plan comes together, huh? Comes together, man. Sure did, man. I appreciate Coach trusting me. Let's go back a little bit into your uh, Notre Dame's here. So you played in Chicago, a big standout, all city. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Tom Lemmings uh, prep all Midwest team. So now you come to Notre Dame, where everybody seems like coming to Notre Dame's an, an all American <laughs> or all stuff. Tell me that transition because you did get redshirted your freshman year, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I was lucky to just be on the team. To be honest, but, <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that year, uh, my, my freshman year, we actually were the number one recruiting uh, class in the country. I think Miami was number two that year. 
uh, in 92. And, and so you're exactly right, guys. It was all Americans from the top of the roster, that freshman roster to the bottom. I think everybody from every state was a Gatorade All-American that year. I mean, <laughs> it was ridiculous how many guys we have that were the number one player from their state, USA Today Parade, Gatorade All-American. And I was at the bottom of the list. Like, you didn't put that in your statistics <laughs> there. You know what I mean? So, literally, I, went, I, I got a scholarship to Notre Dame because of Moose Krause. The Good great old Moose. Moose Krause. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good old Moose. He went to my high school at, at uh, Deal Cell right there on the south side. And he pretty much told the coach, Coach Beck, was the running backs coach at that time, you go, you go on to Chicago – and, yeah, you're going to go see these other guys, but you're stopping by Deal Cell. And not only are you going to stop by Deal Cell, you're going to offer that young guy a scholarship. <laughs> and as I heard it, there was an argument back and forth about why I shouldn't have been offered. Really? I wasn't a, huh. yeah, a caliber type of player in terms of what they were looking for. But when Moose, I guess, tells you to do something, and this is one request, thank God, Moose had yeah. on his list was to offer the deal sale alumni of his a scholarship. And and that's exactly what Coach Beck came and told me. He said, look, Moose told me I need to offer you a scholarship. Here's the deal. I'm going to offer you, but you, 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 you can take your time and you can <laughs> you know, also decide to not take it. Wow. But I tell you, if I leave the room, even with you not taking these other visits, I hadn't even taken a visit yet. He said, if I leave the room, the scholarship goes with me. Wow. So I'm giving you this one offer. So I can, I guess he wanted to make sure he gives Moose his word. I gave him an offer and he said, but at the end of the day, I know you got other visits, but here's your one time offer. I said, I'm taking it. And you <laughs> and made the most of it. Like you got to take me out of it. <laughs> and you made the most of it though. I, I did. I did, man. I, I, I can't say it was easy. It was, it was tough. You know, I came in, you know, with all these guys. So I was expected to really not do too much, really. Mm -hmm. And um, the first the first year, Lou Holtz, you know, he man, he cussed me out so bad, man. <laughs> I, I tried to tackle Jerome Bettis in the practice. Like and, you're supposed man, to do, right? <laughs> yeah, like you're supposed to do. The only problem is, guys, I closed my eyes when I tried to tackle him. Oh. <laughs> I was so nervous, man. Oh. I, I missed him. It wasn't even close. And Lou Holtz ran on the field, started grabbing my helmet, started cussing me out, telling me I wasn't better than, better than his grandmother and how I couldn't play that year. And oh, I can just see that. And barely practice, you know. And so, man, it was it was rough. It was tough sailing, man. I, I'm not going to even lie. I well, to quit, you know, but I didn't. So you changed his you changed his mind, and I, I need to know why he called you this, but he called you the aircraft carrier of his defense. So what what was what does that mean? You know what? I don't know what that means, but all, all <laughs> it's I, a compliment one way or the other, I think. It, it was, you know what? I, I, and I appreciate coach. Coach is a great mentor. Thank God there was no, you know, no rule the way they got it now where guys could just transfer, right? Because something doesn't go their way. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said when you handle adversity in life. You know what I mean? When things are not going to go your way, you got to stick it out. You got to suck it up. You right. know what I mean? I mean, so what? You're not playing. So what? The coach is getting on your ass. You know what I mean? So what? You know what I mean? Whatever the coach may tell you. You know what I mean? It ain't going to always be peaches and cream, but it makes 
a true man out of you and make it brings character. You know, guys that were in my ear like Kurt Dahl, you know, Charlie Strong, Urban Meyer, all those guys were coaches were like, look, if you quit, then what? You know what I mean? You're never going to know what you're made out of if, right. if you quit now. We can't promise you a starting spot, but don't quit. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's a coward move. You know what I mean? So yeah. success comes with dealing with failure. You know what I mean? I mean, so, yeah, coach said I wasn't going to play. Did I play? No, I didn't play. I couldn't even go to the home games barely. You know what I mean? I, and then when I did go to the home games, I had to sit in the stands. I couldn't even stand on the sideline. So it was it was tough, but it really built character. It really gave me fuel to the fire uh, to really earn it. Uh, and that's what I did, man. You know, I could control working hard. I could control coming in every day, not making any excuses. And, and that's exactly what happened, man. And, got, and thank God Coach Lou gave an opportunity for – the best player to play, and I had an opportunity to win the starting position my sophomore year. So let's take us, uh, Ronaldo, win. Take us into playing at Southern Cal, playing your first time out there or second time. Got any special memories or uh, a story about your time playing at the Coliseum against man, USC? The, oh man, the greatest memories, man, are playing against SC. Number one, when you're playing in SC you know you're going to great weather and it's almost like an extra bowl trip, right? You know, right. when you go to SC. So you look you look forward to going to Southern Cal, you know, in the wintertime and uh and then, you know, coach used to always have one particular player. Um his mom would always bring a little extra soul food to kind of mix it up. You know what I mean? So we would be we would be in the hotel. Uh but uh I, what's his name? Simeon was his last I think it was his name. It was mm-hmm. a it was a player uh, that was before my time, but his mom would come in and cook all her, her family would cook all the soul food. And so you had the hotel food, but you knew the line. I didn't care if you was white, man, everybody was in that soul food line. Man. <laughs> nobody, sure. the hotel food, man. You had a couple people over there, man, but everybody was in the soul food line. But I always say, man, I learned a lot during that, during that week. You know, of course you hear the SC song, they're playing mm-hmm. through practice, but Lou was so serious about every freshman knowing the history of the right. I always, rivalry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. And if you didn't pass the test, you didn't travel. You know, and that's how big, big of a deal. So I, I mean, again, I never knew why the rivalry even started. It started because of the wives. You know, with Newt Rockney's wife going down right. there from right. California for just a visit. And I'm like, man, the wives are so powerful, man. You know, they start right. the whole rivalry. <laughs> See, again, the wives are inserted again. You know, that's how how it all began. Newt Rockney's wife, uh, they figured a way, hey, we need to do this every year some kind of way, every other year or something. So that's how I got on the schedule, man. You know, uh, but I'm grateful for uh, having that opportunity to be a part of the SC rivalry, man. I mean, I mean, it's SC week, man. So you that it's. It, it, it go everything goes out the door. It doesn't matter where you are record wise. You got to get that win against SC. So we got about a, a minute left. Let's talk about the, this year's Irish and tonight's game. What will you be looking for? What do you want to see? And how do you think the game is going to unfold? I think we found a missing ingredient, man. And you know, of course, we had a rocky start early, but it's the physicalness of the lines, man. It, it starts with the offense and defensive line. That's going to open it up. It's going to open up for that great running game, you know, with those three running backs, whether it's, you know, Diggs, Estime, or, you know, Harris, doesn't matter. 
you know, either one of those guys are, are great runners. Uh, we got two backs with 700 plus yards. So that just opens it up for, for Drew Pine, man. He's a great, he's been a great game manager, not turning the ball over. And then you got Mayer, you know, in the back end where, you know, they're going to have to make a decision. You can't stop the run and double the big guy Mayer in the back, you know, and, it's just going to open it up for either one of those to open up. But we got to hit, we got to run the football. If you run the football, you're going to have success down the field. And then defensively, again, you know, it just shows if we stop the run and you put pressure on that quarterback, if you're not having him sit back there baking the cake, you know, he's going to tear you apart. But if we can put pressure on there, uh, number seven's been having a hell of a year, nine and a half, I think. Uh, and could get more tonight, um, you know, in terms of the sacks. Uh, and then, man, this kid that reminds me of Bobby Taylor my year, even though he's a corner, this guy Benjamin just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, this true freshman, um, you know, hey, they've been trying to go at him, but he's been holding his own out there in that island. Uh, so, I mean, again, a lot of guys are stepping up, uh, making big-time plays, and we need those guys to step up tonight. Again, everything needs to go out the window, all the pre-rankings. Lou Holtz used to always say, don't matter where you are, we just want to be the best team in the stadium tonight. That's just what it is. It's not a to be the best. Thank you for spending so much time with him. Sorry, I got to rush up against a hard break here, but yeah, man, man, it was great. We talked about a lot of topics, and we appreciate it. And uh, we'll go Irish tonight, right? Go Irish. Thanks a lot, Ronaldo. Win. We'll all be right, right back. For Jim Arasari and Matt Embry, this is Tim Grau. We hope you enjoyed not only today's show, but the whole season. This isn't goodbye. We'll see you for the bowl game. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on your home for fighting Irish football. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. This has been Legacy Heating and Air Game Day. Only on the home of Notre Dame football. Sports Radio 960 WSBT and WSBTradio.com. Brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Pet Refuge, Centier Bank, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, Michelob Ultra, OSMC, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, and Hotel Elkhart. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 